podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is a Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James Miff and Paddy as we cover all things Celtic. Celtic clocked up their 23rd league one of the season at the weekend with St Johnson the latest team to be rolled over by the Ange machine. Since returning from the World Cup break, Celtic have won 11 and drawn one of their 12 games, scoring 35 goals in the process and conceding just five. Miff, seven goals in the last week alone between the wins over Livy and St Johnson. Celtic are absolutely relentless at this moment in time. Your thoughts on that and your Celtic moment of the week, please. Ho Tino, ho Paddy, ho James, ho listeners. Full house today, lads. Bingo. Aye, good to see. Yes, brilliant to watch. The Livy game was kind of put to bed very early doors, but, but some of the football was excellent in the, in the first half. Probably were quite unlucky not, not to score a few more in the second half, but I thought in, in general that the way we moved the ball was a bit a bit more like us. And then continuation of the St. Johnson game, the pitch was so difficult and you could see the players were taking that extra touch and... It was allowing St Johnson to maybe shut us down a wee bit quicker. There were a few times where I thought we actually played through St Johnson quite well, but the likes of Hitati or, or Moy or McGregor couldn't get driving with the ball because it, it was just bobbling all over the place. But as we often do, we, we find a way. And I would say St Johnson played fairly well. We weren't brilliant, but we were good. And we've still won 4-1. So it's just, I think that just sums us up really we're just relentless yeah good teams always find different ways to win uh, in your moment of the week Muff. moment of the week is from St Johnson game and it is Aaron Moy's lob just a, a beautifully taken goal wow. a, a well crafted move and symptomatic of a man at the top of his game yeah he's absolutely flying James whether it's Aaron Moy Kyogo or the team in general the, the conference has just flown through Celtic at this moment in time your thoughts on that and, and your own Celtic moment of the week yeah, I think it's like a virtuous circle where you've got the confidence, but it's also raising the standards. I mean, we're talking about a 4-1 win in any league against any team. That's a doing, and we're going bog standard. You know, there's, there's nothing remarkable about that. So the confidence is up and the standards are up and they're, they're both raising each other week by week. So delighted by how things are going. Moment of the week is also surrounding standards and the difference between uh, Jack Marcus' exit and Josip Juranovic. So when Ange was asked about it, I think before the Livy game, he said, or oh no, it was pre, pre-match for the St. Johnson game, he said, uh, Josip, blah, 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 and Jackamakis. So first name terms and surname terms. I thought it was really interesting. And it was just, it was off Ange's radar because whatever, wherever the relationship had gone, it wasn't positive. And he wanted to just put that marker down for everyone. You know, there's great opportunities to play great football in a great team reaching high levels in Champions League and, and exposure like that so behave and it'll work out for you don't behave and it goes the other way yeah I mean Jack and Mac has done a great job I think we're all fans of what Huge he's done fan. here at Celtic but his work here is done good luck to him he's off to pastures new and I think Ange has real focuses on the, the guys that are here Paddy yeah 100% um, I think it's kind of just like what, what what James has said he, he's going to let let you know that that's it if you if you want to leave it's up to you and how you leave. If you, I, I think Ange is the type of manager that will look to facilitate the move. If you say, "I don't, I don't see my future here," he, he wants to look at the next plan straight away. He needs to be ready for that gap that will be created in the team. So it's for your benefit, and it's also for the team's benefit as well. If there's humming and hawing and maybe dragging your heels and not knowing what you want to do, all because maybe you are waiting for that new contract offer in Jack and Marcus's case. That can upset the rhythm. Um, so I don't know the ins and outs. None of us will. Celtic are playing this very close 
to their chest, some nice little remarks, basically kind of stating where the relationship is at from from a manager. But I just think that it's it's best for all parties that it, that it ends now. Um, we all kind of felt that a little bit about Juranovic, but it actually comes from Juranovic's latest comments and talking about what kind of he had in place with Celtic. It was, I need to look after my career here because he's he's very passionate about his international football. And then you, you look at the teams that he was getting linked with, there was probably bigger offers coming in as well from what we got. But one of the things that he was saying to the Celtic board is, is, is that he wasn't going to go for uh, this amount because he probably wasn't even going to get guaranteed starting times with say for example the likes of Chelsea or the likes of Atletico Madrid that were, were linked with him so Union Berlin have given him that that wish given him that guarantee and just uh, they're going to allow him to continue to also star for for Croatia and that's a that's a big thing to do for for these guys as well considering how well they've done at the World Cup again yeah I think there's We'll maybe find out in due course, but there's just clearly been a very different approach taken by both individuals, yeah. Jack and Marcus and Juranovic. As I say, we'll maybe find out the final details in, yeah. in years to come, but Ange couldn't have been kinder to Juranovic on the way out. He couldn't have been shorter with Jack and Marcus. No. So something's something's happened there. Tell you what, Paddy, welcome back. First of Thank all, it's you. been a, a nice few be weeks back. away from the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you were up in Perth on Sunday. How was, was that? And what's been your moment of the week? I Perth was good. Um, I see where the guys are coming from. Maybe not our, uh, our most uh, electric performance in terms of what we were kind of limited to with that park. Um, I've said a couple of times this season, the park is a big factor in how we play. Um, but I would actually go out and say that I bar that goal, bar that mistake from Hatati, in my opinion. Um, I actually thought it was one of the best first halves of football we played because we adapted so well to the state of the park. I don't think I've seen us play so many attempted balls in over the top. And Maeda was just, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, yesterday he was ready for everything. The fact that all four of our goals, the first three, all had to be checked for offside as well just showed you how much we were playing on the line and knowing that the ball over the top was going to be the game plan. And that for me is incredible game management. And I just think, you know, to pull that off from what you're used to, if you're knocking the ball about the park, playing quick, attractive football, to be able to just do, do you know what? The small, the, one of the smallest teams in the league as well. Let's go up against these guys here at St. Johnson. Let's get in behind them. And if you're going up against Andy Considine at centre-half, you're going to get in behind. And it's just very, very clever management, for, in my opinion. And four shots in target, four goals. I don't care. We could have 40 shots a game. We could have 15 shots in targets. I was really disappointed in the narrative. actually listened to Sports Sound on the way home. The narrative they took was that that wasn't a great Celtic performance and St. Johnson were well in the game. It was 4-1, and it was 4-1 for a reason. We trounced them. Mm. But there was no threat from them at all. I'd done the post-match with Muff, and the headline was uh, Plucky Celts scraped by against 10-man St. Johnson. I was obviously being flippant, but that's aye. sometimes the kind of the tone of it. You say 4-1 is 4-1. It's not like 1-0 or we've eked out a 2-1. 4-1 is a comfy win. Davidson came out and said Celtic are a little bit flattered by, it, by that result. I, I was like, on, on what basis? On what basis? I, I felt... Um... I, just on that point, I felt St. Johnson were, you know, a reasonable enough threat. They didn't create a lot of kind of goal-scoring chances, but I thought they put a few good balls into the box and probably get in behind their full-backs a wee bit more than we would normally. But again, I think it's we've set such a high standard that it's it's on that basis that you think they've played well because mm -hmm. what you're used to seeing is 
10 men behind the ball home or away mm-hmm. and the other team just not getting out I think they and, played and I think they you know I would, what I would say is St Johnson maximised their opportunities um, to get up the park That, but even at that when all said and done if you look at possession stats you look right. at attempts on goal things like that Celtic are dominating the ball I I, I just think I, I, I do th- I felt I felt watching the game I felt St Johnson played well that was my that was my I thought would, I, I, felt they, I felt they were kind of still still in the game I think of a lot of it comes down to what's been happening recently so the I see the possession stats a lot because we do a wee bit of that for the, the post matches and it's frequently 80% to 20 81% to 19 at the weekend there I think it was 60, 90, 31, something like that, which is still phenomenal, <laughs> but just less phenomenal, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. So as Miff says, it's our own high standards that make you think that a 4-1 win in such a manner is slightly off it. So it, it just tells you where Celtic are at this moment right. in time. Paddy, your moment of the week, does it come from uh, McDermott Park? It, it does, it does. Um, I clocked uh, one of the wee guys behind the park, uh, one of the ball boys, he was um, kitted out in the full St Johnston tracksuit. Um, but was just basically bouncing his head to every song for both the the Green Brigade and and boys and and the full stands and what we were singing. He knew the words to every single one, and then I generally think he he was told you're not standing there <laughs> the, second, <laughs> the second half. So he's then he's then uh, he's in front of the main stand at McDermott Park, and uh, Jota was made to walk off. Um, because he was at the other side of the park. I hate when they don't do that rule and they do do that rule. But that's another thing. Uh, so he Jota <laughs> as much as he was a bit gutted he had to go off at the the byline he would have absolutely loved it because oh, he just get the full worship of the fans in the way around but the same old boy reached his hand up for a wee high five off him high as he's walking back and I'm like that's your S contract nah. god you're, you're, <laughs> you're done mate <laughs> it was excellent Brilliant. enjoy your last days I said John exactly a young man but he's gone out on a high okay so let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show We'll get started with this week's big debate as Ange takes his time to decide on whether or not to offer deal extensions to the trio of Aaron Moy, David Turnbull and Joe Hart. Then it's time for this week's mystery sell as the lads here try and name the famous XL. We'll then move on to this week's listener's question, which questions if Ange's side can break a couple of league records in the remaining 13 league games of the campaign. And we'll then finish the show off by bringing you something which we think you'll enjoy from this week in Celtic media. Okay, so to get us started this week, the big debate focuses on three players who Ange is currently considering offering contract extensions to. Those three players, as mentioned, are Joe Hart, Aaron Moy and David Turnbull. All three have just over a year of their current deals left to run and they'll be out of contract in the summer of 2024. Um, Just to set the tone here as well, I'm going to give you a quote from Ange who was speaking about it at the weekend. So he says, it's about having discussions with these players. I need to know where they're at and where their heads are. Last year we had Beaton and Rodic with a year left. It would have been easy for me to let them roll on for another year, but after discussions, we came to a conclusion where we felt there was other opportunities they wanted to explore, so they moved on, which is fine. With these three guys, Hartmoy and Turnbull, I'm constantly talking to them about what their ambitions are. I want to make sure that every step of the way we're looking after the players' interests, but also looking after the club's interests too. Every decision will be made against that backdrop. So the question, more succinctly, and we'll look at each player individually, as are these players the types of players that Celtic should be looking to take us forward from 2024 and beyond? Paddy, your initial response to that? Um, I like the outlook and I like how open and honest um, it was about how they approach it. Um, like we said, Celtic have been very, very clever in how they've went about their transfer dealings. Um, it was only up until maybe the last couple of weeks of the season we knew that Rogic and Beton were, were going to be moved on. Um 
and then obviously the way we've been bringing players in, it's very much a 48-hour window and then the players arrived and signing. I think that's a, a brilliant position to be in as a, as a club just now. Um, for me, the, the process, if it's going to be like that, is just a massive sign of how much he's looking and continuing to think, what do we need to improve? What do we need to do? There's no got. There's not going to be any much uh, sentimentality from from what we've seen already. You know, like we, we one of my friends, Tam, uh, uh, I'm basically in a group chat where he, he always says we need to stop making songs bloody too early <laughs> for players because they're they're going to leave quickly as well. Um, and I kind of get where he's coming from. I think as fans, we kind of maybe need to get used to this being the pattern now. You know, like we're not going to be hanging on to players as much as we we used to. Um, so I really like the approach. I think it works well in terms of the three players mentioned. Um, hold on. Hold we'll, on. Don't commit to it now. We'll get to them in a bit of detail. Right? I'm ready. <laughs> Hang fire. No, Hang fire. Fine. James, that's what, fine. what is your, your general response just now before we get into that detail? I think as just Paddy said, it's, it's forward thinking. Um, and as much as Andrew's been open there, he's not been open in the type of contract that he's looking to give them if there is a contract. You might be downgrades, it might be same money, it might be a discussion over you're not going to get as much football as you might want. There might be other opportunities for you. So I, th I think it's just, this is the time, you know. You, you don't start doing that like some other clubs where it's just too late. So I, I really do like the approach. I really want to tell you what I think of the three players, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> you will be in due course. Muff, um obviously it was... A bit of a wrench as such to say goodbye to guys like, well, particularly Rodic, who was a real fan's favourite for what he achieved. And Beaton was pretty popular as well. Um, but Ange, as, as Paddy's mentioned, sentimentality is not really in his repertoire. And no, <laughs> no, it's not. You're out, you're out. <laughs> Big man's, um, no, he's not overly emotional, this type of stuff. You've seen that with Jack and Mac. He's got Jack and Mac, obviously. I mean, I thought um, they had the whole Greece thing going on, you know, the Bond, the Homeland. The bond, gone. Gone. Uh, gone. Big yeah. man's not interested. He's yeah. an Instagram comment as well. Probably. Aye. Yeah. Uh, just everything about it was just it was an assassination yeah. um, it, it's, it, it's the new outlook at Celtic it, the, the positives in it are the way we're doing our transfer business as Paddy's highlighted the negatives in it from a fan's point of view is exactly that the emotional attachment you get to players sh born out in both Juranovic and Giacomac is mm -hmm. both adored by the fans for what they produced in their first season different sets of circumstances with them leaving but this is the way it's going to be. I think Angie's comments on it were about uh, aggressively reinvesting in the squad. Mm. So what that, what that will mean is that players often get brought in and, and used accordingly. So somebody like Moy, for example, getting brought in for nothing, giving us a good eighteen months going on. That you know that that would that would fit in with the model. Um, Juranovic here eighteen months, you know, has left clearly le left an impression in the squad with the management. Uh, and as a way to what he regards as further his career but basically maintain his international mm. um, spot which is fine Celtic get more money again the model's working I just think it's it's the the club has been internally revolutionised and, and the longer it continues the better because it feels like we are modernising yeah. yeah it definitely does so we'll get to it now James Paddy as, as you were so we're going to Run through, fairly briefly, but run through each of the, the individuals in question and I'll get a conclusion from you guys. Go on, Miff. P possible I should go in the middle here because I'm getting an awful feeling that these two are going to have a very similar opinion. Oh, we'll find okay. out, we'll find out. Let's start with Joe Hart. So in terms of his profile, his fact file at this moment in time, 35 years of age, he'll turn 36 in April. 
Signed for the club on the 3rd of August 2021, same day as James McCarthy, I think. Um, a million pounds was the fee from Spurs. He's had 87 appearances for Celtic in that time and 40 clean sheets. And as we know, he's got 75 caps for England. Um, I'll come to you first then, Paddy. Joe Hart, he's played a very important part, as important as anybody since Ange brought him into the club at the start of his own reign. And no one can question what Joe Hart's done over the last 18 months or so. But what should his role be beyond next season? Um, I find it a difficult one with Hart. I really do. I think he he would be a great help to any to any team thanks Dave he would be a great help to any team um, I just think that we need to look at the future though we need to think about getting a young goalkeeper in and I say young I'm talking 25, 26, 27 someone is going to buy into the philosophy that Ange just set and you know comes with potential sell on value we offer someone like Joe Hart a new deal, what does it do? He's not going to sit on the bench. He'll want to be number one because he'll still feel he has that in him. And you might even see that, you know, I've done Celtic. I think it's time to go back home and try and get a club near Manchester and go and get two or three more years out there or even do the abroad thing, whatever mm -hmm. he, he wants to do. He's fairly ambitious, Hart. In fact, he's really ambitious. But I don't see him playing second fiddle. But I also don't see him being a number one after his contract finishes. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point, Paddy, in terms of sell-on value. There is none. No. Right? We won't ever make any money for Joe Hart. Um, but what experience that would be to pass on to the next young goalkeeper, James, if he were to be happy to be the number two and we brought this 25, 26-year-old in there to, to learn off him, there'd be a, a huge benefit in that. I'd go beyond that. I'd love to see Joe Hart stay at Celtic and start working with Stevie Woods on the goalkeeping coaching team. Just the level of experience he's got you know, learning new tricks at an old age like he has in terms of, you know, and just football and playing it from the back, it would be invaluable not just to replacement number one, but to, to the youth coming through thereafter. Um, a real favourite, you know, he's, he's come in, done us a great job, and we needed a goalie, given what had gone before. He's come in, done that job for us. In terms of making money from him, he got his position to win the league and get the Champions League, so we made plenty of money for his million pounds, so... There's nothing to uh, to nothing we need to recoup there. Um, it'd be a sore one to lose, but I'm with Paddy on this. I, he came to Celtic to play football, and I don't think he's lost that yet. Yeah. I think he want to go and play somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know what level he, he gets to, but you know, he's probably still able to to play a, a, a good solid right. level, and he'll want to do that until he's what is he 35, 36? Exactly, 35 yeah. turns 36 in April There look you go at, Look yeah. at Buffon, you know what I mean? I can see Hart being that type of mindset as yeah. well Like Fat as a fiddle Aye yeah. you know. Maff, before I come to you for your own opinion I'm going to give you a couple of quotes from Hart So this was during last season um, Where he was asked about you know the decision to join Celtic He says, when I did my research in the club The common message was that you don't know what you're getting uh, Until you get up there And it's so true I don't say that because I'm trying to impress anyone I'm not particularly bothered whether people believe me or not. It's just something you have to experience. And when you do, like my family and friends have, it's special. It's a great place to be and I'm enjoying it. And also when speaking about Ange at that time, he went on to say, what I'm really enjoying about him as a manager is that he's very clear in what he wants. It's very simple and there's no wiggle room, which I like from the way I've been brought up in football. You like to be told what to do and how to do it with a little bit of room to express yourself. Especially in my position as a goalkeeper, I like to keep things simple and that's what this guy does. He spoke to us all as individuals before we came and he sussed us out as characters. The thing I like is that he allowed me to speak very honestly. I've been around football a long time and I was a little unclear on what I wanted from it. So I told him how I felt and what I needed to get the best out of myself. If that wasn't going to work up here, then I totally understood. 
but he felt like it was a good match. Muff, it's been a good match, hasn't it? It's been an excellent match and, you know, Joe Hart probably wish he'd done it a few years earlier because it, it seems to have given him a, a new lease of life. He came here wanting to play football. He's done that. Ange needed not only a goalkeeper, but a leader <laughs> to support Callum McGregor. He's got that. James makes an excellent point. We spent a million pounds on him, but what he's given us can't be measured in pounds and pence because he's he's created that sort of dressing room leadership group but he's, he's formed such a great part of it so I'm, I'm minded that Hart will not want to play second fiddle he's became so established and such a leader within this team that he sees himself leading from the front and, and being on the pitch I can't see there being a set of circumstances where he'd be happy to play number two and usher someone along which is a shame because I think it would be ideal but Joe Hart of Tottenham, Burnley and Torino was probably thinking the gloves are getting hung up. Aye. There's no place for me in the game. He's now come back and seen what he can still do at this age. He's played in the Champions League again. He's been, you know, he's been part of a championship winning team or a double winning team. That, in my opinion, will have given him even more of a zest for, for playing for as long as he can. Uh, I, would, I would imagine that come next summer we'll probably just part our ways amicably and he'll be number one until that time. That That's my opinion. I think we do need to bring in another keeper by night of the future. Who that is, I don't know. Um, but Joe Hart certainly has done everything that's been required of him when he's been here. Yeah, and I think there was quotes as well, um, just as he signed, and he was basically saying that he was training in the park. You know, he was cast aside by, was it Nuno Espirito Santo? Yeah, at Spurs. Spurs. He just said, you're not my guy. And he was basically, I think, relegated to fourth choice at Spurs and told to find a, a new job and at that point he said he was considering his future seriously whether football was still for him to go from that headspace to playing in the Bernabeu last season and everything else that come with Celtic I think you're right Miff I think that just whets his appetite for saying do you know what I could have five more years of football and if it's not at Celtic where else could it be what could my next challenge be and I think maybe similar in ways to the Juranovic situation everybody wins here Joe Hart has had a brilliant couple of years he might have a further season next year and Celtic have really benefited but I wonder if, if beyond that there is a future so I suppose in short I'll just ask you very very quickly Paddy should his deal be extended beyond next season? If he's not number one yes S Explain that sorry So if he's if he's going to if he's going to be that backup goalkeeper that's going to give a new up and coming goalkeeper that time and ability to learn this process because the reason I say this guys is that we don't know how long we've got Ange for and it's a horrible thing to think oh. but I'd rather get someone in now that's going to continue that process. So if he's not going to be number one and he's happy to play back up, then yeah, I would keep him. You're just back, Paddy, and you're upsetting Miff already. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this Miff's away. <laughs> um, fair point. So if he's happy to play second fiddle, you would offer him a deal, yeah? Absolutely. James? I think that's it. It's more about Joe Hart's decision. I think our strategy should be, we're looking for a number one. We've got a number one to come in. We want you to be number two. And I genuinely, we'd love him to, to be there in that hand over season as, as he kind of blends from going, becoming number two from number one but from all for all we've just discussed there I think Hart's now got a bit of you know another shot at kind of glory kind of stuff and I think you know even if you look at our up and coming MLS team or something like that you know the, the league's improving going to have a different lifestyle all these kind of options but it's probably going to be one that we just miss out on what we would like which is Joe Hart number two mm -hmm. I think there's also interesting quotes around about now from Ange saying that 
he needs to just work out where the players' ambitions are at. And I suppose Joe Hart's not a kid. I think him and Ange, you can hear from his quotes, they'll be able to have full and frank conversations. Joe Hart will say what he wants, Ange will say what he wants, and if there's a if there's a meet somewhere in the middle, then that's what it'll be. Just final, final to you then, Miff, what do you think should happen at the ex- ex- expiration of his current deal? What I think should happen is, as the lads have said, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a caveated deal saying you, you need to stay with us so that we can we can bring in a new keeper that can learn the ropes and, and learn to play the way we need them to play. What I expect to happen is I think I think he'll go on the basis that if Angie's mantra is about reinvesting in the squad, then the goalkeeping area it's the one position in the pitch where somebody can be a bit older. So you're not necessarily think of swapping them every two years. So you could argue with the experience that Hart's got if he's happy to stay and he's maintaining his levels, which is probably the other critical thing, which appears to be at this point, although I thought he could have done better with the going Sunday, that's my own personal opinion. Um, Tough. Then, then I think that there's a chance that he could stay, but I, I think I think that'll be... I think Celtic's been good for him, he's been good for Celtic, and it, by that time it'll probably just be the ideal point to, to part the ways. Yeah, yeah. it be best. So it sounds like he may, uh, according to... I was in the room at this moment in time that he may be moving on after next summer. Um, let's move on to Aaron Moy. So very much the man of the moment. Sparkling form. Amazing finish at the weekend, Muff. He's, he's absolutely flying. He's 32 years of age. He's 33 in September. Joined Celtic on the 19th of July 2022, last summer. He was a free agent after leaving Shanghai Port over in China. So far, he's had 32 appearances for Celtic. Six goals and six assists. Most of them coming post-World Cup. And he's got 57 caps and seven goals for Australia. As I say, Miff, he's absolutely the man at this moment in time and he seems to be picking up Man of the Match awards every other week. Where do you stand on him, though? Brilliant as, he, as he's been. Is he someone for beyond next season? Probably not, I would say. Just on his age profile, not his ability. What I will say in response to that, to argue my own point, is that He's never been somebody that's that's the, been the, fast. The myth exchange. Aye, aye, <laughs> aye. He's never been somebody that's been very fast anyway. So yeah. what he's doing the now is probably, you know, he's always kind of been quite a slow player in terms of his speed. But you can see technically he's still got it. So I, again, I'm just ba- I'm basing it on the fact that of what I just said and the fact that somebody of Juranovic's age and profile has been moved on. Um, and Jack Amakis, obviously for different reasons. I would suspect that Come next summer, Moy again, much like Hart will have done what he was brought in to do, and that the relationship will have been mutually beneficial. And Moy will probably go and finish, finish his career down south somewhere, is my suspicion. However, much like in the Hart situation, if Moy continues in this run of form and, and is the fulcrum of the midfield along with McGregor, then if that, if that form continues, I don't think we've got any other option but to keep him around and, and I think he may given that he's been to China come back again another new lease of life on the ranch here adored by the fans due to his impact already I think he is someone that would stick around to be part of the squad unlike Hart I think Moy would maybe be someone you could you know you need that sort of midfield experience that you can bring on to see out games and things like that I think Moy, Moy would be ideal for that whether or not he'd want to play a reduced role in the squad is another thing but um I have a feeling he too will move on. Yeah. An interesting approach there, Miff, playing devil's advocate against yourself. Yes, I did. <laughs> just having that solo debate. The three of us could just leave the room well, and leave right. you to it. Well, now that we've got a full house, it's limited airtime, so I'll make the most of it. <laughs> That's it. Um, 
Paddy, unlike Miff at the karaoke, Aaron Moy isn't a man who thrives with a microphone uh, in front of him. So he was speaking after the game against St. Johnson and he was asked about his new song, first of all. His interviews are painful, there's no getting away from it. He, he just does not enjoy it. He said, yep, I don't like the attention much, but it's a great feeling, as in the song. I try to hold back my smile, but I can't help it when the fans are singing. I'm enjoying it and the fans enjoy singing it. You're playing for a big club. The fans are amazing, home and away, even around the city. It's a bit hard to explain. It's something you have to experience for yourself and I'm enjoying it. It's just clicking together, maybe because of the role I'm playing and understanding it better and better and linking up and playing with my teammates. He was then also asked about the potential of a long-term deal. He says, long-term, I'm getting a bit older. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing day to day and that's as far as I think ahead, so we'll see. So we will see, lads, but what do you think, Paddy? What's your take? Um, it's funny, heading up to Perth yesterday, um, I was going up with Stevie and uh, two of us were talking about Moy and I was saying, like, fair play to him, you know, just the, the form he's hit and, I, you know, what I've said about him on this show, it's just another James McCarthy and I have to say, like, coming for the World Cup, watching him, he put everything into it because Australia had played so well and, and he gave everything and he, he's very, very good at, sh like, shoring up a game and just seeing everything out, like we've said, but what I've been so impressed with him is the technical ability and, and how good he has been in the final third of late and unlocking um, unlocking our wingers quite quite well um, he played an incredible pass yesterday from outside his boot right on to Dyson uh, Maeda's run and it was a good cross in we just the guys uh, Kyogo hadn't really kept up with the, the pace of the play it was that good a ball um, I just think that <clears throat> I was on the basis that you know maybe everyone's reading into this a bit too much I still think we need another level in Europe and then just after that game yesterday, I'm a bit like, well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute with Moy. He's, he's really, really turned my head. And he's, I know, I know. Have you been watching Love Island? I, no, absolutely not. No? I I, the boys will tell you right now, man, I can't go that stuff. But that's another, that's another conversation. I'm sorry to hijack your moment here. I'm, I'm on right. their time this week, Tino. Um, how was the bus with Stevie? Oh no, he drove. He oh, drove. Aye, aye. aye, it was it was good. It was aye. good. Aye, he's asking for you. Aye, aye. I thought, I thought it would be. <laughs> what, what, what I think is really interesting, Paddy, and, and I'll bring this to you as well, James. We've spoken about Moy since he arrived, and the chat when he came in at first and after his first few cameos was very much along the lines of he's the kind of guy that you can bring on for the last 15, 20 minutes to see out the game. Mm -hmm. Remember that whole school mm -hmm. of thought that he was maybe a bit more defence minded, and he would just he would keep possession and recycle it, and he wouldn't give it away. He's flipped that on, on its head in the last few weeks and months, and he's now the guy. You're not looking for him to sit and play safe. You're saying go and be creative. His finish on Sunday was fantastic, and yeah. it's his through ball for Kyogo for the first goal. Right. The vision he's got in that more advanced position in midfield. He's he's a match winner. He's a guy that's going to go and create space and create opportunity. The he's far far more than we thought he would. The big thing for me, sorry, Miff, the big thing for me on this is that he is so determined and I wonder if obviously the move to China he's probably thought to himself right this is at the beginning of the end of my career he's just got bored because he must have been like I've got a World Cup coming here I want to really try and, and, and put an effort and it's a testament to the guy of what he's done um, totally turned it around totally turned it around and I, I hold my hands up to him Just on the point of exactly the thing you said there Tino I think we need to give a bit of kudos to one of our Australian listeners who actually said when Moy signed, I remember reading it in the comments. Aaron Moy will win you games of football. He actually, he actually said that. It, it, I, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. Khalil, but it's Kyle. Was, was it? Like Khalil? Yep, he's Aye. he's good. He, he's our kind of correspondent from that part of the world, and he's he's uh, good. He's he, always got some. He, he actually, fans, he yeah. specifically said that he's like Aaron Moy will win you games of football. I'm like, Aye, right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Snapola. Daft Aussies. So I'll come to you, James, because you're not alone, but you weren't convinced by Moy at the start. Um, I think most of us have been turned by his recent performances. Where are you at in Arnmore at this moment in time and also moving forward? I think first and foremost you have to give credit to Aaron Moy for listening to this show and hearing my feedback on him and you know, just thinking I need to knuckle down here and He's not happy. Have, have a strong World Cup and see if I can save my career. Um, so thanks Aaron for, for doing that. But yeah, I mean nobody can deny what's in front of their eyes and he's playing some beautiful football. It's the way he strokes the ball as well. Even just something like that, you know. His goal was stupendous, we all know that. Um where I am in the end is he's, he's in great form and, and no doubt. But all of these players and probably all of the players, I view them through a, is he good enough for the Champions League prism? Mm -hmm. And I think Moy will do bits for us in the Champions League, you know, next season. But the pace of football at that level could pass him by, could pass him by. And I would worry going beyond that, going beyond summer 2024, where he is then in terms of like there's no long term contract I don't think for, for Aaron Moy because he'd be coming on 34 then if not 34 already but you never know that he might be enjoying the environment and he's going to stay around another year or two at that point maybe and he says well do you know what I can, I can then do what you thought I was going to do be the 15-20 minute guy so I, I wouldn't rule it out because he's got to a different level that I certainly didn't think he was going to get to um, but is he going to be good enough to play first team football in Champions League for me no even in current form because the pace is going to pass him by you saw he was outstanding for Australia in the World Cup but one we spoke about at the time a ball went down the wing and he, the pitch at his mercy and he just went absolutely not that's not for me so how can we have someone like that when we want to hit the highest levels of Champions League so I think we need to be a wee bit ruthless when it comes to Champions League and Anne certainly will be because he knows that's what he's going to be judged on my my only thing, my only thing I would say on that, and it's been a lot of thinking about it again on that that journey up yesterday. We were talking about the Champions League run, and you know, the players we, we were missing, the mm -hmm. players we were actually missing in a lot of the games. So there's possibly just that little bit within the starting eleven that it's it is a little bit Australia, it is a little bit more retained and pulled back, and we're not playing to the level that we can play in. I generally think he could be potentially a midfielder that could. Instead of him having to do those runs, he could be the one unlocking them like I was talking about against St Johnston yesterday. Maybe so his vision. With his vision and it's his ranger passing as well. Um, That's what I, I'm at. I would rather Moy was the guy playing it into a Dyson Maeda to run onto, for example. I don't ever want Aaron Moy to run from within his own half to the byline or anything like that. It's not it's not something anyone should be doing and let the ball do the work and all that stuff. But he's got the vision. He, he clipped a few great balls yeah. into the channels and different things. I think... It'll be really interesting to see him in next year's Champions League touch wood and all that stuff because this year's competition came around too soon for him, I would say. You know, he hadn't played a lot of football, he was rusty and he came in in dribs and drabs. He's got five appearances in the Champions League, so there's only one game that he never appeared in. Um, but he wasn't the Aaron Moy that we're now seeing. It's almost like two completely different characters. It is, and I think it was the second goal yesterday. It's his ball out to Jota. Mm -hmm. yep. um, spreads the ball out that gets Jota in, in behind. Um I would agree with you there, Tino. I think that's a fair assessment to say he's went away and he's kind of reached peak form for the World Cup, which was always probably the intention as far as he was concerned. Yeah. He's come in. That's an agreement he's had to come in and do his best for Celtic in the meantime, but obviously get himself peaked for the World Cup. But we're now seeing the absolute benefit of that. So, yeah, I think he's best judged in next season rather than, than earlier in this season. Yeah, And I wonder if on that note, 
Ange doesn't need to hurry into offering him a new deal. Maybe he'll sit tight and just see where, where Moy is. Let me remind you, fellas, of a, a little fella called Lubo Moravchik who came to Celtic at 33, I think. Managed to give us a, a few good years then. So modern footballers, sports science and all that stuff, he is very one-paced. It doesn't mean he's unfit. It mm-hmm. just means he's, he's never going to be a sprinter. That's never been his game. But he's a fit guy and he's getting stronger and fitter with each game. So who knows? There, there could be a few more years left in the tank yet. But... Again, I'll come to you for your answers very quickly. Should we extend his deal beyond next season? Muff? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I never thought about Short-term extension. Mm-hmm. Oh, like another 12 months? Yeah, 12 months. So harsh. I thought he was going through to judge his houses there. It was three yeses, but you've gone a bit... Oh, I'd give that a say, yes. He still I... said yes. Yes-ish. It's just, okay. a, it's, just a, a, it's just a further James subcategory. <laughs> it is. And more, we've, of, more of that to come. We've all got used to them. Uh, finally, this could also be interesting from your point of view, James. It's oh, David Turnbull. So Turnbull's 23 years of age, turns 24 in July. <laughs> he signed for the club on the 27th of August 2020. Uh, a deal that could have been worth up to 3.25 million for Motherwell. Don't know what the bonuses were, etc. His Celtic record at the moment reads 105 appearances, 24 goals and 21 assists. He's got five caps for Scotland and zero goals. Just a wee bit of additional information. He scored 16 goals for Motherwell in just 41 appearances. So his goal ratio is not quite what it was. His goal ratio for, for Motherwell was 0.39 goals per game. For Celtic, it's 0.22 goals per game, which is a wee bit surprising given the amount of chances we create and the possession we hold. So he's not quite the goal scorer he was at Motherwell, which is interesting. James, I'll come to you first though. He's he's shown a bit more of what he's about, David Turnbull, in recent games. He's got three goals in the last five. Um, but for four of those five games, he was a sub, again, as he tends to be. And the only start he had was the Scottish Cup game against Morton. He definitely falls into that category of fringe player at this moment in time. But what do you think about his long-term future at Celtic? Um, he's contributing. Can't deny that. Um, you know, he's he's coming on. He's he's playing football. He's he's scoring goals. You know, yesterday included. Um, I suppose where I'm at with him is maybe I kind of unfairly put him and Moy in the same box, just given their kind of one paceness, as as you say, as you call it. Um, again, using that Champions League prism, it's something different. He gives us something different. Again, more technical, like Moy. Um, not the most athletic, not the most physical. Um, nah, I think we could do better. Yeah, I really do. Okay. Matt, I'll come to you next, but I'm going to give you another quote before I do so. So speaking recently, um, after Andrew ruled out any possibility of Turnbull moving out the club in the January window, Turnbull said, I've not heard or seen that, but that's where I thought I was at. I thought I was part of this big club. Every time I come here and train and play, I just give 100% and don't look anywhere else. There's always boys clipping at everyone's heels. There's boys playing each game. But others have stepped in and haven't looked out of place. So it's just about grabbing your chance. It's tough for anybody when you're not playing as much as you'd like. But you just need to go in there and when you get your chance, try and take it with both hands. That's all I try to do. I go into training every day and train as hard as I can. And then when it comes to the games, I do the best I can. Miff, has he been doing enough when given the chance? Yes. Yes, I feel he has. And I think Ange likes him which has got to stand massively in his favour as he'll be the one dishing out the contract. Um, I don't think he's dominated any game since he's come on. He scored, he was contributing in terms of think, goals, but he's know, not come on and taking the game by a scruff of the neck. I think he's he's taking his chances, though. He's taking his chances to shine. I think he... I think he's come on many times and been anonymous. I think he's, he's come on and maybe just retained possession when, when the game... You know, you could argue he could maybe come on and do more when he's on the ball, but... He's too, from, too safe. He's from, too safe. I, I, I see I see the point you're making but I don't think he's had a run of starts where 
but he's probably the felt, felt the that. confidence to come on and do that. But so Moy shows you how you get the starts. The, well, yes, but he, he gets suspended at a bad time as well. There's there's been mitigating circumstances even for his full Celtic career. You can say that you know because he's, he's had bad, that, bad yeah. injuries throughout it. I just think he has a talent worth persevering with. You know, he's two-footed. For the way that Ange plays, he, he can uh, can be that pivot in, in, in the midfield. You know, m- much like Hattie, they're two totally different players, two totally different players, but they, they do kind of offer the same thing. I, I'm just a great believer in Turnbull's talents. He is very one-paced, yes. However, you know, a Scottish player like him that can shoot for range with both feet and, you know, he's got a really good delivery, I, I just think he's worth persevering with. I also think it's good to have different types of midfielders in there. They can't all be the same. They can't all be Hattati. They can't all be Callum McGregor, who, you know, these guys are good at linking the play and short and decisive passes. Turnbull is potentially the only guy that we've got just now that can score from range. His last three goals have shown that. You know, he's the guy that's got the ability to pull the trigger and, and score from distance. His finish against Morton, you know, the way it just breaks on the edge of the box, there was very little pace on the ball, but the accuracy was incredible. He's just clipped it inside the post. I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's a really talented player. And I think Celtic have yet to see the best of him. There's no doubt in my mind that his injury will have affected him. That was a bad, bad injury. And then he picked up the bad hamstring injury in the League Cup final. Up until that point, Muff, he had been an absolute stalwart of Ange's team. He started every game, I think, that Ange could have picked him for up until then. And then obviously in the interim, we've brought in Rio Hattati, Matt O'Reilly and, and now Moy. So he finds himself further down the pecking order. But I think Ange believes in him. I think he feels he's got something to offer. And personally, I'd love to see him offer an extension to, to show the, the best of what he's got. Unless there's like, um, unless Moy or O'Reilly or Hattati are, are seriously injured, I think he's still going to continue to be that player that comes on with 10, 15 minutes to go for the remainder of this season. The big thing for me, if that is the case for David Tumble, he's obviously a young guy, he's thinking about his career, he's thinking about the next steps and you're not linked to the Premier League for no reason. There is definitely a talent there. I don't think any of us would deny it. But I just think what I've noticed, and I, it's what you you say there, Tino. It's the injury. It's the injury is definitely playing on his his mind. And I think the return um, to football after what had happened, getting that bit of time with Motherwell to try and get back up to fitness, done him the world of good. But again, he was he was the best of a bad bunch at Motherwell in the sense of not the best of a bad bunch. He was the best player there, um, and he, he he liked that being the main man almost. He was almost he was basically the main man in the Lennon season. We've all spoke about that because he he put everything into it. He had to shine. He had to show what he could do. Does, Matt, does that not give you encouragement that when given the responsibility, he can thrive? I think the opposite does. That disappoints me that he's dipped since then because he was outstanding. Exactly, and I get obviously he's had the hamstring issue um, in the, in that League Cup final you're talking about as well. My worry is is that it it, it comes down to the confidence of himself too. I speak about him being safe. He, he took the ball and he's and he feet yesterday and he had an option to kind of take the, the player on. Albeit, yeah, 4-1 game done. I understand that side of it. It's, it's just basically managing things. But he just looked for Carter Vickers straight away when he got the ball. And it's just a player for me that if the ball presents himself in front of the goals, any natural footballer is going to run and try and hit it. That's that's what's playing for him. That's where these goals are coming from. But I'm not taking him. I'm not seeing him taking the, the game in the scruff of the neck or anything. I think he's got one last preseason, and I think that could be it. It's whether it's make a break for him. And I would say that's kind of fair because I don't think any of us deny David Turnbull's ability. We know that he can do it. We've seen him do it in a, in a green and white shot. It's just whether he can 
switch his mentality back to a good place and have the confidence to go and excel. You know, we know he's got goals, we know he's got great vision. He's young Scottish talent, Matthew. He's got loads to offer. But yeah, it's an important time for for him and a few other of you know of his of his teammates as we head into summer. And again, maybe like you know where Ange might be with Aaron Moy, maybe he'll just see how David Turnbull responds between now and the end of the season before making his final call. So just one last point on it. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd mentioned recently that he changed his agent to Christie's agent. I believe so. so. Just going back to Angie's question to see where he's at, mm-hmm. and where he's at might be somewhere different from this conversation entirely. Maybe going. I want to play football. I believe in myself. Maybe my style doesn't suit your style of football and it is better for everyone that he moves on or I'm going to run that contract out and get the door. You know, there's a lot of different options out there. Mystery option C. Yep. He might want a new deal at Celtic and he's got an agent who's going to help him get that if he provides the, the performances on the pitch. So your conclusion for Turnbull, Muff, you're a big fan. You want to see him extended. Paddy? This summer. This is a big test mm-hmm. for him. And James, not for you? I don't think it'll happen. No. Should maybe cash in. Uh, okay. Um... Where are we at in the overall conclusions for the three guys then? Generally speaking... Sell the lot. <laughs> Joe Hart, if we can convince him to be a backup. Moy... If he gets off the smokes. Mostly, yes, if he gives up the smoking. And Turnbull very much splits the camp. So it's an interesting one. Uh, I'm sure various fans will have various different opinions on all three of the players and that's, you know, that's what keeps it interesting. But sure, we'll find out soon enough what Angie's intentions are with each of them. Okay, so let's move on to this week's Mystery Cell. And we'll start with a quick reminder of last week's Mystery Cell for anyone who missed it. Paddy, were you playing along at home or wherever you were? No, I never. I never did. Cool, cheers for the support. Sorry, mate. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so just to recap, uh, clue number one, I won 120 caps for my country. Have you heard the clues? Aye, Aye. I did. Clue number two, I've played for three teams in the English Premier League. And clue number three, in my only managerial job, I was sacked and replaced by another XL. The answer, of course, Paddy, was Celtic Invincible, Colo Toure. Uh, Toure joined Celtic in July 2016 on a free contract after being released by Liverpool. He won an Invincible treble that season before announcing his retirement from playing in September 2017 when he then joined Brendan Rodgers' coaching staff. As I said at the top, he's got 120 caps for Ivory Coast and won the African Cup of Nations in 2015. And most recently, he was appointed Wigan manager in November last year, but was sacked after failing to win any of his nine games in charge and was then replaced by another ex-Celt in Sean Maloney. Paddy, your thoughts on Colaturi's short but successful time at Celtic? Um, he had a song. He, he did, he did. And again, this is it. We grew to attach to him and then he left. No, <laughs> uh, I just, I think a, a massive uh, help with Rodgers in that term. Um, I think probably appreciated him more as a coach and obviously as a player just where he was at at, at his career but he did play in the the five five was it five one five one game um so he also played a big part in the Astana game I think it was that got us into Europe absolutely in fact he, he dragged us through that we, game we were yeah. hanging on by the yeah. mind that game that was teeth. Yeah. that was peak Celtic and Champions yeah. League qualifiers uh-huh. yeah. Matt what's your take on Colo again just came and did what he had to do in the time that he had it he but was also obviously a big part part of the coaching setup as well. Right. Just disappointed that it didn't really work out for him at, at, at Wigan. Um, albeit that they were already in a perilous position when he took over. They need somebody to come and make an instant impact and didn't do it. It's a funny appointment, isn't it? You're, you're rock bottom and you appoint a rookie manager. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a strange move to make. And Sean Maloney's obviously well respected for what he done there and won the FA Cup. But Tough. it's an interesting choice for him to make as well because he can't really afford another failure in his CV at this he's moment still get, he's still got that credit in the bank though with what he'd kind of done with, with Belgium which I know obviously they didn't win anything but they, they, they made them a, a team a very like, pretty much a, a strong force um, 
it's more for him. He's like trying to catch a drop in knife there, you know. Oh no, absolutely. I, it's, yeah. a, it's a risk. Yeah. It's a huge risk. But hey, fair play to him. He's got the, the confidence to go and do it. Yeah. We wish him all the best, so hopefully he does well. Okay, so let's move on to this week's mystery cell. We've also decided to make things a bit more interesting now for the listeners oh, at home. Oh, Easy now. Uh, and the first 10 people to reply with this week's answer on Twitter will be given a month completely free of the Celtic Exchange Plus. If you head to our Twitter page right now, you'll see the clues posted there as our pinned tweet. And as I say, the first 10 with the correct answer will be gifted that free month subscription. Lads, the stakes are getting higher. It's tense. I can feel the tension, actually, Paddy. Feel it in the room. I think the tension is the fact that we're absolutely romping it, aren't we? Aye. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the thing. We're romping, yeah, right it, romping it to each. Aye, if you roll back your tapes, you're romping it to too. So, well done on that. Okay, uh, clue number one. Since leaving Celtic, I've gone on to play against the club in European competition. Henrik Larsson. <laughs> too obvious, please. Aidan McGeady? Not McGeady. James, want to throw somebody in there? Murder McLeod? Go for Harold Brad back again. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> two weeks. Double done Two out of three weeks. Um, clue number two I have dual citizenship And could have played for Ukraine Where my father was born I was going to go for Ramon Vega But he's not Ukrainian Maybe his dad's Ramon Vega No And clue number three My squad number at Celtic Was once worn by Lee Griffiths Anyway While the lads are having a wee think about that one I want to let listeners know Of some of the additional content That's available right now Over on the Celtic Exchange Plus with the January transfer window closing last week, we caught up with Anthony Joseph of Sky Sports News on Friday to get the inside track on all the latest comings and goings at Celtic Park. As always with Anthony, it's a really interesting listen and that's available for subscribers to listen to right now. Whilst there, you'll also find pre- and post-match podcasts for every Celtic game and we'll have more of the same before and after Saturday's Scottish Cup tie with St Mirren. If you haven't already done so, you can experience the Celtic Exchange Plus now, absolutely free with our seven-day trial. Simply visit theceltichexchange.com slash sign up to get started and to enjoy all the additional content we offer to subscribers. We've got subscriptions starting at just one fifty a month, so if you enjoy what we do and want to hear even more from us across the week, then visit theceltichexchange.com slash sign up now. You'll need to beep it out, Dave. They've got it. <laughs> yes. Come on. They've got come me. On, come on. Come on. Oh, well done, you three. Come on, So you're romping it right enough, Miff. That's the score now. 3 2 for the calendar year. Remember, if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery cell and want to win a month free of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pinned tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag mystery cell. Just Edward coming off the wing there, it's scoring 3-2. Yeah. Let's now take a look at our listener's question, which this week comes from Mark Law in Kings Park. Let's have a wee listen now. Hi guys, Mark Law here for Kings Park. Big fan of the show. My question's this. Celtic have now scored 78 goals in their 25 league games so far. Over the next 13 games, can they beat the record for goals scored in a 38-game season, which is currently that of 106 goals? scored by Brendan Rodgers side in 2016-17 season cheers guys keep up the good work yep so thanks to Mark for the question uh, as we know Celtic are in fine goal scoring form at the moment 78 goals in the 25 league games and Mark's asking can we overtake the record of 106 goals that Brendan Rodgers side scored in the 2016-17 season to do so Paddy we'll need to score 29 goals over the remaining 13 games which would mean an average of 2.23 goals a game what do you think I was kind of thinking about just how the run in goes and We've all been kind of speaking since the obviously August September. We look at some of the results we had the nine nil against uh, against the United at Tanadice, 
and I've kind of been saying that I'm waiting on this team to go and pick another team off in the league. I generally think, you know, you look at the, the, the players that have all just kind of come in, the start of living has been fairly settled lately and I think once we maybe start to see some of these guys coming in via the cup games, this is going to start making it a bit more exciting because when they come on, they'll want to go and show everything. Mm. So I think the goals will probably start to ramp up a wee bit even more. I really do. Especially with no in-between uh, week, like midweek games, as much as we've had with European football and stuff, I generally think they'll ramp up even more. We also know with guys like O coming off the bench, yeah. he's not there just to run down the no. clock. He's there and he's going to have a go at it. So um, the stat reads that Sunday was the 13th time this season we'd scored four goals or more in a game, James. So we're clearly in in good goal scoring form you know generally speaking this season is the target of 106 doable there's part of it is you're saying 13 but it's 10 to the title you know and that can do funny things to players I don't think it would do funny things to this team we saw last season beating Motherwell 6-0 or 6-1 last day of the season mm -hmm. so you know they still drive because I don't think you can bring a, an empty paycheck back home to Ange it's just you've got to keep on going um, look to see more from Jota, Haxabanovic, Abada. Um, now, you know, they're, they're all back. There's no injuries between them. Jota in particular is, you know, bang on form. Haxabanovic is just a wee bit behind them. I thought Bada was poor yesterday when he came on. Mm -hmm. Cut a frustrated figure. I think that's that was a park. Just the way just that Abada plays. I know. He, 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 I know. he needs with the ball, in front of him. It yeah. just wasn't happening. Yeah. I'm big Abada fan. I really hope he does. So that, that's where it's going to come from for me. Obviously, oh, if... Uh, Considering he wasn't having the worst game of his life yesterday, uh, oh, had a good chance of getting on to one there and, and get his uh, his first goal. But you know, I think we can count on O for probably between five and ten goals between now and the end, and the rest contributing. And you know, that there's every chance we'll we'll, we'll beat that target. Yeah, Miff, what are the big factors that could prevent Celtic from beating that tally? So you know, in, injury to key players. Far. Be met the punch, James. At VAR, Sorry, forensically checking every Celtic goal as we've seen, or anything else. What's more, the more, more pitches like McDermott Park? Oh I would suggest. God. You um, can hope as we come in. That's possible. Slightly but, lighter weather. But Celtic Park, by Angie's own admission, yeah. is is maybe not as bad, but it's, it's bad. not in peak condition either. Um, and we even saw Ibrox at the game uh, at the turn of the year. I mean, the, the Ibrox pitch was in a I great condition up. either. It there, cut up really bad. There was a pitch. Uh, there was players training behind the goal or. Warming up behind the goal down down yeah, south. Bolton. That Bolton. was Bolton, yep. They said, they said where did he train in Normandy? <laughs> <I've seen that. laughs> it was bad. That. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, just some more stats on the goals scored so far. So the 78 goals in the 25 games means that Celtic are scoring an average of 3.12 goals per game for the, the league season so far. If we keep that up, Paddy, I think we chatted before coming on here, if we keep that up, we'll land on 118 goals or 118.56 to be precise, however that works. So we're on track certainly, but things things get different as you get to the you know the business end of the season. What I'd like to do is, as part of asking if you think we can achieve the, the record, I'm going to ask each of you for your prediction for what Celtic will land on goal-wise, just for a bit of fun, and we can revisit your answers towards the end of the season. So James, as I say, 7-8 goals at the moment, 13 games to go. What do you think the final tally will be? 104. Oh... Defeatist. It's a no from me. I'm, I'm going to say we'll equal it 106. Jeez, oh. Paddy, give me some joy. 120. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your 20 point lead. I'm a 20 point <laughs> lead. I'll tell you what, by the way, like. I know. I are, know. Are you going 120? You taking a piss at me? No. <laughs> so we'll go 120. You all owe me a pint if I get it, by the way. Ah, yeah. Uh, Tino covers that. Ah, of course. Yeah, I'll, uh, Expenses. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you somewhere there, Paddy. I think. I think we'll blow it away. I think we'll get beyond 106. Maybe not to the dizzy heights of 120. I'm going to go 
somewhere safe-ish at 115. But I just think there's potentially someone else you are doing. You know, there's, there's four goals there. I'm not saying we were in second gear against St. Johnson, but not our best, not great conditions. We're going to have some games where we just click right into gear, whether it's at Celtic Park or otherwise, and there might be another five, six or seven on the cards, which really puts a big dent in that. Can I actually sign on that? So obviously oh, I don't know, it sounds ominous. Well, well I, was, I was thinking about this yesterday. We, we kind of... We seem to be just blowing teams away in the first half. Do you think it's a deliberate ploy to switch it off a bit? It's not us, it's the opposition. No. I, I noticed it against Livy and yesterday. It's like, right, we've got it to half time, we've lost the game. Um, let's try and not get an absolute bleaching. Okay. So there's there's no gaps to exploit. So the, the football kind of takes care of itself. In that, in that regard. It's not that we're not trying, but you're, you're really blanketed then in terms of defence. It's weird. It's weird football to watch because you're obviously you're paying for your name. <laughs> it's a, know, a like two forty five, please. It's Absolutely. not. It's not us. It's them, James. It's, it's, um, it's always but them. There does seem a bit of that going on. First half exciting, explosive, getting a few goals, and then less exciting in the second half. But that can be just a natural reaction. Um, as an aside, so Celtic are on seventy points from the twenty five games so far. I think you know the answer, Paddy, but the record for points after 38 games? 106 points. 106 also, again, by the Invincibles in 2016-17. So if we win all 13 remaining games, we can finish on 109 points, so it's still there to be done. Miff, can we win all of those games? Will we? We can, yes. Uh, will we? Aye, why not? Why, why not? That's the spirit. Uh, where do you stand on that, James? Do you think we can go and take yeah. care of business 13 times? Absolutely. No, I, I cannot wait for the two games against them and the cup game as well because they're in some weird bubble and <laughs> it's going to get blown right up um, absolutely can't wait for those you say somebody's going to get a doing could very likely be them <laughs> so I'd like to change my answer actually 113 goals yes here we go you've given fired up seven yeah. coming against them in the final there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no reason why we, we don't uh, go on and win every single game between now and the end of the season just to form their own relentless and the you see the said at the start of the show it's the standards that have risen amongst the players themselves real interesting point Paddy made that the players you know changed so quickly from fast football to slightly over the top football mm -hmm. to, to combat that that turf they're starting to become, become a really intelligent autonomous team with McGregor at the, at the helm so yeah there's if we don't win Every game between now and the season, I'll be really surprised. And I'm not usually that, that bullish oh. because football's football, you know. James, you're not intimidated by the Invincibles? Honestly, man. <laughs> no? It's dire. You see any of their stuff? Jeez, you get football stopped, man. Right. Yeah. Paddy, just final word to you. Do you think we, we can and will win all the 13 games? Yeah, definitely. I think we can. I, I think, like I say, this this is uh, only starting to get a bit stronger for us again now, you know. And not that we've, we've really been weak at all this season. I just think we're unstoppable at the moment. You kind of, you kind of, sorry, ended up. You kind of go into some of the games and you're like, ah, when are we, when, when are we going to get this game? It's going to be like on on a knife edge, and I know some have, but of late, it's very just get the job done. Very comfortable. Aye. I think the stat reads that we've only lost one of the last fifty-seven league games. So going back to September twenty-one, uh, that's St Mirren defeat in September of 22 is the only defeat in 57 league games it's incredible it is incredible so just to recap your suggestions or your predictions for goals so Miff's going 106 Paddy's going 120 
James has cranked it up from 104 to 113 on a whim. Nice. Yeah. Just, 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 just lost, got, lost it for a minute. Got my dander up. And I'm, I'm, I'm back. That's it. <laughs> you you stopping on 120? You want to go with? <laughs> Maybe. Nice, it's not player cards, right? We're not going higher or lower here. <laughs> uh, and I'm sticking on 115. So let's see. We'll revisit that at the end of the season. Another good question there for us to cover today. And thanks again to Mark for sending that in. Mark's been a big supporter of the show for a long time now. And we really, really appreciate uh, his question. If you want to submit your question to us for discussion on any future shows, then you can do so in one of three different ways. Number one, you can leave a voicemail directly on our website via the microphone icon on the bottom right of any page. Secondly, you can send us a message on social media at Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. And thirdly, you can email me directly on tino at thecelticexchange.com. Miff, you seem to have indicated they could give you a bell as well. <laughs> well, uh, we'll post yeah. Miff's number in the show notes for anyone that wants to send Miff a, a private message. Uh, he's, anyway, he's in there, lads. Time for this no week. No pictures. <laughs> time for this week in Celtic Media. Each week here on The Weekly Show, we pick out something of interest that we've watched, read or listened to that week in the world of Celtic media that we'd then recommend to you, our listeners. This week, James has picked out a very topical one for us. James, what have you got? Callum McGregor's a 400th appearance, obviously, last week, and Celtic put together quite a substantial wee bit of media for him. I thought it was going to be just a kind of five-minute fluff piece. It's 60 minutes of his whole career debut to, to captaincy to, you know, double winner last season. I mean... Just the, the admiration you can't help but have for Cal McGregor and his whole attitude to football. He must be an inspiration for, you know, every single player in that club. Especially if you're a youth player at Celtic, you're going, that guy was a ball boy, youth player, took his uh, loan option down at Notts County, came back, hit the ground running, scored a bar load of goals, took a really mature move to step back a wee bit, took the captaincy, <laughs> went on to win the double, and now he's, he's sitting with a potential treble in his hands. Just he, my admiration for, for McGregor goes up every time I see him playing football and every time I hear him speak and I, I recommend that piece to everyone. Yeah, he's definitely the, the poster boy for the academy. My father never shot a praise here, generally speaking, for McGregor and especially for the job he's now doing as captain, but it's an incredible achievement in the modern game to reach 400 appearances. It is, and, and to my mind, he's, he's getting better. He's actually getting better. So it's not it's not you're talking about somebody here based on past glories. You're talking about somebody who has effectively reinvented himself and is now really, really pushing the team on. None of us, if you go back to the podcast we were doing at the time, talking about who will replace Scott Brown, it was an active question. There was mm -hmm. no obvious answer. It looks like it'll be Callum McGregor was the answer, almost like a default answer. But he has gone on to prove everyone who doubted him wrong he, he's just a, a phenomenal leader and you can see how well him and Ange clearly got on together the way that they've got their own roles and responsibilities but just the way that McGregor leads on, on the pitch there's obviously that trust between him and Ange McGregor's really really bought into what Ange has been trying to do and that helped Ange navigate through the early days when he was getting a really rough ride for the press the important thing was the likes of McGregor and other senior players like likes of Hart, Taylor but all, all those were really really behind him so Callum McGregor will never get enough praise from me. I, I just think that the role that he's played specifically in the past couple of years has been exceptional. Agreed. Paddy, he's contracted until summer 2026, so, you know, three years this summer. If he stays fit, can you see him reaching 500 appearances and beyond? Yeah, 100%. Um, he's he's never really shied away from it. It's only injury that stopped him from playing football. He wants to just continuously play. Um, a modern day McStay. High praise, oh, high praise half. indeed. Um, as I'd mentioned, I spoke to Anthony Joseph from Sky Sports on Friday, available now at all good Celtic Exchange Plus stores, uh, and I asked him some quick-fire questions at the end of the interview. And I'm going to ask you, lads, one of the same questions I asked Anthony. Um, simple question, but not an easy answer. Um, coming to you first, James, 
Who do you prefer as your Celtic captain, Callum McGregor or Scott Brown? Callum McGregor. I think he carries the message, you know. Um, Bruni, outstanding, more just as an individual leader. But I think, you know, you mentioned it there, he carries that message from Manchester. It's not the simplest of messages. So, McGregor for me. Yeah. Paddy? Scott Brown for just what he achieved, but not to say that that would change. Yeah, so maybe over change. time yeah. McGregor could fall into that. 100%. And yourself, Miff? Not sure. Callum Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very hard question. Very hard question. I'd, I'd need to give a diplomat's answer on that because the time is now. It's what we're living now that's important. Brown Brown's was a, a success over time. And it, I'm hitting that body microphone again. Um, he really, really benefited. I, I, Brown could have left before Rogers came, mm-hmm. and everybody would have had a very, very different opinion of him. Rogers arrived and revitalised Brown, but Brown in turn stood up and and was the captain that Rogers needed. Was he did to, to, to go against my point? He you, carried that message you know, for Rogers. He, ca- he carried yeah, that right. message. However, I think McGregor was also a huge part of that success, and has then went and done a harder job in replacing that iconic captain. So I, I think that from the dip. Yeah, the lowest of the low. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't really got to get much lower. So, f- with all those circumstances from it being at such a low point, with a new manager coming in, oh, jeez, cheesy peeps, jeez, uh, peeps, man, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't try know. and sway your decision. And the reason I love McGregor, and I, like I said, I'd love him to go and do the same. But Scott Brown's your second most successful captain at the club. I, no, I know, I know. That's I, I, I know that. That's why. I mean, Bruni's just. Bruni, you know. Who's your answer after the fence? <laughs> I'm, no, I'll probably go Brown just based on the longevity of his captaincy. Yeah. But but I'm telling Callum McGregor. In in two in two years' time, I know the boys can ask if my boys heard me saying this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is their absolute hero. Callum McGregor's just their absolute hero. And that it's great. You mentioned a modern day mixed day. It's that type of thing. It's like who's your favourite player? Other than Callum McGregor, because mm. he uh, is just the man. That's yeah. interesting because he's, you know, from for a, a kid's point of view, he's not the exciting player. No, but you he's, know? he's the man. Ah, yes. He he's the man. Yeah. Makes it tick. He, he wears the armband, and that is every kid's dream. That's yeah. the thing. Um, but it's a really interesting piece, as James says, but 60 minutes long. Um, it's on Celtic TV's YouTube channel, and it's called Callum McGregor reflecting on his journey to 400 Celtic appearances. So, really good watch. And as always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for the episode. Paddy, good to have you back on the show. As I say, things are ticking along well just now and your treble dream is very much alive and well. What's your final thoughts for the week? Uh, first of all, good to be back, Mr Boys. Good to have you back. Um, missed Mr Camaraderie. Much love, much love. Aye. It's uh, it's still on and I think we're going to do it. That's all I'm saying. Short and sweet, I like yep. it. Um, James, back in Scottish Cup action on Saturday against St Mirren and you can't win a treble without lifting the Scottish Cup. So how are you feeling about that one just now and things in general? Yeah, obviously, you know, there's there's a wee bit of uh, something extra with St Mirren. We've, you know, we've taken care of things since they beat us. Um, but you're going to want to just reaffirm that. So, and, you know, it is really that starting to focus in on the, the treble, on top of which, or, or also as which is uh, in three weeks' time, we've got a League Cup final to take care of. So it's, it's just starting to get to a brilliant time of the season, mm-hmm. the time you really enjoy, you know. Yeah, it is an exciting time and that final is definitely one to look forward to. We have 13 games to go in the league, hopefully a few more in the Cups. Final word this week goes to you. What have you got? What have I got? I've got a very excited Miff who can't wait for the rest of the season. Uh, Saturday, you know, it's a home tie. You expect us to take care of business, but as James said, it's this part of the season where everything starts to take shape. Rangers are... are close enough that you're you're looking at them and thinking right our game's against them we win it it's done that then allows you to turn your attention to concentrating on the 
on the cup trophies, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of, not a pessimist, but I'm just, yeah. I don't like it. No, I don't like it. Yeah. say, oh, we're going to win the treble, but I've got to win the treble. <laughs> yes. That's good enough for me, <laughs> and, and that's it now on record. So that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James Paddy and Muff for joining me today, and as always, our thanks to you for listening. Remember to send your mystery cell answer to us on Twitter for your chance to win a free month of the Celtic Exchange Plus. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com slash sign up or you can start your free seven-day trial. But in the meantime, from myself and the team, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.